Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Wednesday, December 18th, and this is your FT News Briefing. A weaker global economy and a broken Amazon deal get the best of FedEx. Royal Dutch Shell paid no corporate income tax in the UK last year. And sterling dropped on Tuesday after Boris Johnson signaled that he would push for a hard Brexit. Plus, we'll look at what some Polish manufacturers are doing to tackle the country's labor shortage. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. FedEx cut its annual earnings guidance for the second time in three months on Tuesday. The U.S. Economic Bellwether said it expects current year earnings of between $10.25 to $11.50 a share. Its previous estimate had a range as high as $13. The revised expectations came as FedEx reported a miss on revenue and earnings estimates in its latest quarter. And so, in response, the company plans to cut back on hiring and cut its air freight capacity. FedEx had a few explanations for the poor results. One, a weaker global economy meant fewer packages being sent in some regions. Two, its ground shipping business has gotten more expensive. Now, that's because it's dealing with more competition. Along with its traditional rivals, such as UPS, FedEx is investing billions of dollars to keep up with demand from e-commerce. Plus, Amazon itself has become another rival as it expands its own fleet of cargo jets and delivery vans. The two companies parted ways on a delivery deal earlier this year, which also dinged results. FedEx shares dropped more than 6% in after-hours trading yesterday. Royal Dutch Shell brought in $731 million of pre-tax profits on revenues of $108 billion in the UK last year. And not a single cent went to corporate income tax. This is according to figures published in a recent report by the company. It's part of a voluntary effort to show how much tax the oil group pays in each country as it looks to be more transparent. So how did Shell avoid paying these taxes? The company said it received tax refunds after it decommissioned oil platforms in the North Sea. Those UK refunds add up to $115 million. Parliament's spending watchdog said earlier this year that these decommissioning refunds to Shell and for other energy companies come with a large price tag. It could cost British taxpayers £24 billion. Shell's report also showed that it did not pay Dutch corporate taxes other than on an ExxonMobil joint venture. The companies come under fire from critics for dodging taxes after it relocated its headquarters from London to The Hague. Shell says it has paid taxes where it was obligated to do so elsewhere. When the Conservatives brought home an 80-seat majority in last week's UK general election, there was a sense that a lot of the political uncertainty weighing on the markets had let up. For investors, it meant that Boris Johnson would be able to get a Brexit deal approved in Parliament and end the uncertainty which has affected business. Some even expected it to be a more business-friendly version of Brexit. This lifted the value of the pound to 1.35 against the dollar. But on Tuesday, all that optimism in the markets washed away when the prime minister signaled that he would set up a cliff-edge Brexit, one that would require the UK to end its transition period with the EU by December 2020 with or without a trade deal. Without a trade deal, UK businesses would face tariffs, quotas, and other regulatory checks at the border, something they fear would mean deadlock at ports 
and worse, an economic shock. The news wiped out the gains in the pound against the dollar. Boris Johnson is expected to publish legislation later this week that would cause that cliff edge scenario. And here's a story you should know more about. Like many countries in Central Europe, Poland's economy is dealing with a shortage of workers. Unemployment has hit record lows, while about two and a half million Poles live abroad. But as the economy continues to grow, it's hit an average pace of nearly 5% in each of the past two years, several sectors, including retail and construction, are looking for new ways to get the job done. The FT Central Europe correspondent, James Schotter, has been reporting on how one Polish company is responding. So basically, Amica produces washing machines and other white goods, and it has a big facility in Wronki. And there's basically sort of two bits there. There's a massive warehouse where it stores the products after it's made them, and then there's the, the factory where it produces them. And one thing they've done is build this warehouse that you know, can theoretically be run by just one person because it's so highly automated. And then in their factory, they've also you know, increased the number of robots they use there in the actual production to try and reduce the number of people they need to work for them. But they haven't completely moved into an era of only robots and no humans. I mean, they have about two and a half thousand people working in the factory. So there's still a way to go before the revolution is complete. So, James, there are some fears, say, in the U.S. about robots replacing humans, humans who want to be doing these kind of jobs. It sounds like it's a different story in Poland. I think that fear is not entirely absent in Poland. I think maybe it's just that the labor shortages are probably a little bit more intense in Poland. It's a very good time to be an employee. You know, people can find jobs very easily. So there aren't quite the same fears about job destruction by robots as, as maybe in the US. And I think the other thing is that you know, the level of robotization is still much, much lower in Poland. I mean, there's some statistics from Polish Economic Institute, which is a, a government-backed think tank, which recently calculated that in Poland there's 42 robots per 10,000 workers, which is you know not just lower than Germany, where it's about 340, as you would expect, but it's also lower than Poland's peers in Central Europe, so you know, about half the level in Hungary and a third of the level in the Czech Republic. So there's still quite a long way to go. And I think that's probably why there's less of a less of a concern in Poland at the moment. So James, some countries might loosen immigration policy in this kind of scenario. Why is Poland turning to automation instead? Well, no, Poland has um, definitely used immigrants as part of its solution to its labor problem. So last year, it issued 635,000 uh, residence permits, which was more than any other country in the EU. The vast majority of those, however, were Ukrainians, and which is you know, a country with a long interlinked history with Poland that Poland is okay with accepting. Where Poland's been had a much more restrictive point of view, has been on non-European or particularly Muslim immigration. In Poland, like much of Central Europe, is a very ethnically homogenous country. You know, its politicians have pushed back very hard against immigration from non-European sources. And, and, and the question is really what happens when the you know, this reservoir of Ukrainians, uh, there's about 2 million of them in Poland, or between 1 and 2 million, depending on how you count at the moment, what happens when that reservoir can no longer supply the labor market? And that's why Philly robots have to be part of the solution for Poland as well. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, the U.S. House of Representatives is expected to take a historic vote to impeach President Donald Trump. Yesterday, Mr. Trump sent a six-page letter to Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, writing, quote, 
you have cheapened the importance of the very ugly word impeachment. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, this is Matt. And Sean. From Two Black Guys. With good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.